one soul ring. Chop nice. that. Chop that off. Chop it. Yeah, chop it. Chimney chop. Chip it. Chip it chop. <laughs> yes, we're going to change the format of the show and just talk about things that we can chop for the next, um, well, at least 100 episodes. I'm sure we could talk about a different utensil. Will it chop? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Every, yeah, there we go. There we go. It's definitely going to increase our presence on uh, on YouTube. Sponsored by Slapshop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That guy... That guy beat up hookers. The slap chop guy. <laughs> he was, um, he's not. He's a. He's no, not a he's good not guy. A good guy. <laughs> and not because they were. You know, it's like just don't beat up anybody. Hookers or otherwise. Like if, if you know, hookers are fine. Just, they, they just. just they just happen anybody. to be prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, they just happen to be prostitutes. You would probably beat up anybody, but you know, I think, I think some people feel more uh, feel safer beating up on prostitutes because maybe they're already breaking the law. I'm not sure because they're that more fucked up. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit. And then, like, what <laughs> could could don't be? They have pimps yeah. that are going to come and just wreck your day. Yeah, they do actually. If you if you beat up on them, that's true. Yeah, because you're you're messing <laughs> with the merchandise. So yeah, I, I'm. I wonder if that ever happened to him. Oh my um, god! I want. Yeah, I want. I wonder what he's doing now. What an but interesting, um. Uh... Anyways, we'll... <laughs> we went. We went from talking about things we can chop up to talking about the politics of being a prostitute. <laughs> Well, that's what this—that's what that slap chop shamwow guy does to yes. us. Um, but uh, we're gonna start the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Turn One Soul Ring. I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Eric. And I'm Riley. And today on the show, we're going to be explaining Eric's Magda Dwarves and Dragons Commander deck. We're gonna start off with a bit of lore regarding Magda. Then we'll get to the deck list and we'll wrap things up with some additional cards that Riley and I have painstakingly researched that might be good includes for this deck. Um, and Riley, uh, I think what was the last one that we did when Riley and I were were on this side of the bench? <laughs> I think it was uh, it was uh, that uh, that it was Gen. Gen, that's right. The uh, yeah. yes, the the enchantment build. And uh, I really tried to beef up my list this time so that, uh, you know, I just had... Uh, I'm sure you still have more cards than me, but I... I, I, oh, I actually um, don't think I do. I, I, I'm a little light this time around. Okay. Okay, cool. Great. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe um, we'll meet in the middle. Maybe. Maybe. But <laughs> uh, bef- before we get to any of that, Eric, how can listeners get in touch with us? Listeners, you can find us over on Instagram at TermonStoryInThePodcast. Uh, if you want to contact us directly, we do have an email address, termonsoaringthepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and then we throw everything onto YouTube. The best way to find us is searching up Ring the podcast. And if you really like what we're doing here, you like our content, uh, why don't you go and check out our Patreon page? We have one of those guys. So it's uh, patreon.com slash Ring. Yeah, and that's only if you really like what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and um, also, with, with Instagram, it is really the best place to get in touch with us, either by DM or simply commenting on our posts. And uh, if you really want to help us out and get more exposure on Instagram, go ahead and hit that save uh, on our posts, uh, the ones that you like. Um, I understand if you have a very uh, carefully curated uh, uh, saved portion of, of Instagram. It's kind of what my personal account is like. So, um you know, you do whatever you need to do. But anyways, uh, we're going to find out more about this mono red commander, this mono red legendary best color and magic dwarf lady. 
It's, it's, <laughs> well, just it just keeps getting better and better. It's certainly not the worst color. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Magda is, of course, a dwarf berserker from Kaldheim. And uh, Riley, I'm going to stop you right there because I, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of Kinnan Bonner Prodigy, and this is not, <laughs> this is not going to be a repeat of that. <laughs> there's, there's actually some, there's actually some juice here. So, uh, Magda's story begins after a just a knockdown, dragout fight with her family. Following that fight, she left her home and vowed never to return. And oh. yeah, so she's uh, and I guess the fight had something to do with Magda becoming disillusioned with Dwarven society. Uh, I'm not really up to speed on what Dwarven society is like on call time, but uh, I think she was disillusioned with it because after her self-imposed exile, she took up with a bunch of other uh, hobo type dwarves, for lack of a better term, that were unhappy with Dwarven society. So they were unhappy. She went to live with them. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming they, they got along and then, and had ideological, uh, similarities, but together they wandered across the 12 realms of Kaldheim looking, uh, looting and plundering as they went. Uh, so they were basically a gang of tiny criminals. Uh, Hmm. That being said, they became notorious in their roles as thieves and raiders. And on top of all that, despite law enforcement's best efforts, they were uncapturable, probably because they were so tiny. Uh, So at some point in their criminal travels, Magda and her crew stumbled across a clutch of dragon eggs. um, And uh, they didn't they didn't steal them. Uh, At least the information I have is that the eggs were abandoned. Uh, and, um, that, that's just according to the dwarves in Magda's gang. I don't know if she was there when they found the eggs, but anyways, uh, imagining the benefits of having a set of personal dragons at their beck and call, Magda and her gang took the eggs and also took some time away from their usual criminal activities to care for the eggs. Um, and that's, well, that's sweet. Yeah, that is kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of little dwarves caring for dragon eggs that are probably the size of their torsos, you know, like they're big eggs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's it's unknown if the gang was successful in getting the eggs to hatch and having healthy baby dragons, uh, and further in taming them. Uh, and and you know that's a story for another day. Um, but uh, that's kind of fun, and it makes Magda very flavorful. I'll just read her. She's uh, one in red for a two-one legendary dwarf berserker. Other dwarves you control get plus one plus zero. Oh. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token. Sacrifice five treasures. Search your library for an artifact or dragon card. Put that card onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. So, you know, it's flavorful from the perspective of they have these treasures and they they need to use the treasure to supplement their their income which is stealing uh so they can take time off to look after these eggs you know that that kind of tutor effect to to get the dragon onto the battlefield um so that's kind of fun and it is also cool because there are lores where like dragons really like treasure and Mm -hmm. so you're using the treasure to get the dragons so that's also a nice little absolutely yeah and uh i eric i know speaking of that i noticed you don't have covetous dragon in that deck so i think that's a flavor fail (laughs) (laughs) i was uh, he was he was in there and it was on the chopping block yeah Mm -hmm. i probably would i would have cut him too (laughs) (laughs) so uh we're gonna get to the 
deck list, uh, the categories, and a reminder that you can follow along with us as we go through the deck categories by using the link in the show notes. That'll take you to the uh, deck stats deck list. So before we get to the first category, which is dragons, uh, Eric, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what the what the goal of this deck is besides, you know, creating a bunch of treasures and getting dragons on the battlefield and doing and doing dwarvy criminal things. That's pretty much what the deck is about. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um the uh you can definitely make this deck I feel like uh I actually feel Magda can be pretty competitive. Uh, because there's a lot of like artifact stuff you can do. There's some pretty mean combos. I didn't throw some of them in. Like I didn't do the um you can like two drop Megasynth Lattice and blow everybody out with Vandal Blast and stuff. So oh, yeah. there are mean things like that you can do. I didn't put any of that kind of <laughs> <laughs> that stuff in here. Um, we're here to have fun. So we're yeah. here to get dragons on the battlefield. Um, one little thing is like, since we are doing combat damage, there's a lot of like other red stuff that kind of like deals out damage here and there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like pinging happening to like all opponents. And then hopefully we can also hit them down with our dragons in the air to kind of like finish them off. So there is other ways of dealing damage, not just like the creature damage. So Mm -hmm. we will see that in the end later as well. Yeah. And I always find that a lot of fun in commander when, you know, I'm constantly, you know, pinging down my life total. Um, Like Riley, you're nor in the wary deck. Like I, I actually do enjoy that kind of gameplay where, or, or like Nekuzar where you're slowly just inching your life total down. It's sort of, um, it, it almost feels like there's a, a, a clock on the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Norrin's, Norrin's an unassuming threat, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have a few commanders like that. <laughs> yeah, they just sneak up on you. They do. They do. So the first category we have here is dragons. We have Balefire Dragon, Goldspan Dragon, Hellkite Charger, Hellkite Igniter, Hellkite Tyrant, Nullspine Dragon, Lathless Dragon Queen, Leyline Tyrant, Scourge of the Throne, Terror of Mount Velus, Terror of the Peaks, uh, Utvara Hellkite, and World Gorger Dragon. The George. The George, yeah, the Gorger. It's fun. (laughs) It's fun to. It's fun to say. Um, I I gotta say, I really like the inclusion. I mean, it's it's obvious, but I uh, you know, we just we just did finished our call time set review. This is a call time commander. Uh, I'd really like to see Goldspan Dragon in here. I'd really like Mm -hmm. to see what that card can do, um, on the battlefield. You know. Yeah, and like since we're making so many uh, artifacts, if you want to use them for mana, having the Goldspan Dragon out there just is awesome because now everything's doubled. So. Yeah, a nice way to to ramp out the dragons in your hand, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we do have two dragons in here that can get us extra combat phases. Uh, so there's the scourge of the throne, and then the hellkite charger. So that's uh, having dragons be able to swing twice in a turn is definitely uh, pretty scary. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, you know, so many so many games of commander, you just don't have the ability to block flying with your deck you know you just didn't build it in or you're you're playing in a in a game where i it, it seems it's it's one of those things that you know it's it's sort of it's it's a, it's a mechanic that's always there it's a clear and present danger but so often i find myself not being able to deal with it um it's just it's an it's an oldie but a goodie i do like the um 
the inclusion of uh where is it yeah hellkite tyrant because this is yeah. also yeah. an alternate win condition it's it's four red red for a six five dragon with flying and trample and uh, whenever it deals combat damage to a player gain control of all artifacts that player controls at the beginning of your upkeep if you control 20 or more artifacts you win the game what i but what i really like about it in this deck is oftentimes you know you'd have to play this uh you'd have to give this flash or something um unless you wanted to wait for that upkeep but with magda you can tutor it up with the treasure at instant speed and if you have mm -hmm. the artifacts you just win yeah yeah or i mean like if somebody's so. building up a board of artifacts you know do it on the end step before your turn it has like a pseudo haste and then just -haste, swing yeah. in steal all their artifacts mm -hmm. yeah yeah but at the end of the day just um having um three or four dragons on the battlefield can be a win condition. Like they're not, yes. uh, you know, they're not, dis <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not dissimilar, dissimilar to having a bunch of sphinxes on the battlefield. You know, you're swinging with yeah. four fours and five fives and it just, uh, it goes quick when that yeah. starts. Yeah. Big <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Inherently. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Eric, I wanted to ask the question though, world gorger dragon, uh, like traditionally world gorger dragon has combo potential. Um, what kind of combo are you looking to assemble with World Gorger Dragon? There is one other card that it works with, and I'll mention it when we get there. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, it's it is very much in the world of jank, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking my language. Uh, I think it could be fun. Yeah, <laughs> so if you could pull it off, it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> I remember opening World Gorger Dragon in a pack from uh, when it was originally printed, which was. Was it Judgment or Scourge? I can't remember, but uh, I think it was Judgment. And uh, I just thought it was, I mean, uh, you know, I just put it in a deck with a bunch of other dragons. And I I, uh, I thought it was a really cool card, but I, I did not utilize it properly. But um, it is, it, it's still just just one of those cards. It, I think the, just like, I mean, I, I think dragons are, are just super cool but um i've never really taken the time to build a dragon's deck maybe it's time yeah it's i would time. love to actually just play this deck i really like because even like obviously there's other color dragons where there are some really cool ones but uh after building this i was like you know there's a lot there's enough like good red dragons that mm -hmm. you can definitely just do it yeah oh, then yeah. you also have stuff like um lathless the dragon queen uh it's four of anything and two red for a six six flyer but whenever another non-token dragon enters the battlefield you make another five five dragon creature so now all of our dragons are becoming two dragons uh, <laughs> and then she has an ability <laughs> and then she has an ability where you pay one and a red and all your dragons get pumped plus one plus oh so then if we have this huge reserve of like mana we could swing in and just out of nowhere you, it's a lot of extra damage mm -hmm. oh yeah I threw the Leyline Tyrant in here just because, you know, eh, it's a new dragon. I, I want to see how that card feels playing it. And uh, then there's some fun stuff you can do with the uh, Null Spine Dragon I didn't know existed. That and, is... Uh, um... Yeah, it's 5 of anything and 2 red for a 7-5 Flying Dragon. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may discard your hand and draw cards equal to the damage dealt to target opponent this turn. Oh, wow. Okay. That could be extremely spicy. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably draw a lot of cards off that guy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, the Leyline Tyrant, I mean, so many of the cards from the uh, the new sets, like, uh, you know, that we've been talking about the past few months, I haven't really had a chance to see 
what they're like on the battlefield because you know i haven't been playing i really haven't been playing magic um but I think, you know, Leyline Tyrant, especially in this deck, is 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 great because if you're forced to sacrifice all the treasures that you've accumulated, if you have Leyline Tyrant on the battlefield, at least you don't lose that mana. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> Assuming you tap, uh, you sacrifice the treasures for red mana, but, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> I guess you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so the next category we have here is Dwarves. Uh, we have Bomb Squad, Dwarven Blast Miner, Dwarven Blood Boiler, Dwarven Driller, Dwarven Miner, Dwarven Recruiter, Dwarven th- uh, th- Thermaturgist, <laughs> therm- Thermaturgist. I think it's th- Thaumaturgist. Thom- thaumaturgist. Yeah. thaumaturgist. Dwarven yeah. Thaumaturgist. <laughs> seven, seven dwarfs and, <laughs> and Torbran, Thane of Redfell. I, you know, I, I bet our listeners at home are, are thinking, like, what are these cards? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is this, this is definitely my favorite category because this was a lot of what are these cards? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all old border. They're cards that are just like I've never heard of before. <laughs> and I'm sure most of them are dirt cheap. Actually, I looked up the Dwarven Thaumaturgist and uh, it's it's kind of on the pricier side, but it's because it's on the reserve list. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise i'll just read it it's it's two and a red for a one two dwarf shaman uh and it has a tap ability tap to switch target creatures power and toughness until end of turn uh this would be great against those defender decks because you can just kill creatures with that totally yeah yeah but also yeah. a lot of these do have tapping abilities so you're just mm-hmm. you're using the tap abilities with with Magda on the battlefield, you're getting that treasure, and uh, you know the treasure is just incidental value. You're you're getting to use these activated abilities and and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's that that is the main reason for it. So there is um, there's some that you have to pay for. So it's dwarven blast miner and dwarven miner. <laughs> uh, both of them have an ability where you pay three and a red to tap it. Uh, and then you destroy target non basic land. <laughs> that sucks. Like no, like yeah. if you're on the if you're on the business end of that, it's it's bad. Uh, but yeah, these are yeah, that's a that's a fantastic ability. I I honestly think um, <laughs> as far as dwarves go, and this is one of the challenging things I had with uh, <laughs> with suggestions is like this is kind of like the best of the best. <laughs> yeah, it is. You, yeah, Eric, you did a you did a very like, good job of yeah. of of getting the cream of the crop for dwarves here. Yeah, and I mean, like, seven dwarves being, like, some of the strongest dwarves available is is a sign. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The last couple of years, the be- you know, the best dwarves were printed. So, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, um, a 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, one, one of my favorite ones is the, uh, is the Bomb Squad, actually. So this guy is three of anything in a red for a 1-1, one, one, and you tap it to put a fuse counter on target creature. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, put a fuse counter on each creature with a fuse counter on it. Whenever a creature has four or more fuse counters on it, remove all fuse counters from it and destroy it. That creature deals four damage to its controller. Yes, I do. I do like this card. I do like the wall of text. I do like how slow it is. <laughs> like, but it is, you know, you just keep, you just keep, keep tapping, keep tapping. You know, it's all, it's all about, yeah. it's all about tapping. Um, I really like the, um, the dwarven blood boiler it's it's three mana for a two two three red mana for two two dwarf 
uh, tap an untapped dwarf you control. Target creature gets plus two plus zero oh until end of turn. Uh, the plus two plus zero oh is 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 great for combat, obviously. But the tap an untapped dwarf is my favorite part because you don't have to worry about summoning sickness with abilities like that. So you yeah. can just mm-hmm. get you can just start getting treasures immediately, and you can use them if if you need to to play more dwarfs like it. Uh, like this, I think this card is really going to do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that it's target creature, right? So you could even mm-hmm. put that plus two plus zero oh on a dragon that's already getting in for combat damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah totally. that is. It is very nice that they. Uh, they. It's. It's not target dwarf. That yeah. would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> mm. Uh, and then I think if a lot of listeners would know this card, but Torbran, I feel, is what, like the best dwarf, or maybe one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one of anything, and three red for a 2-4. Ooh, it's a big body. Uh, but if a red source you control deal damage to an opponent or permanent, and opponent controls, it deals uh, that much damage plus two instead. So we're just putting up more damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This, Good old Torbran. Th- yeah, th- and, and things like this, you know, this is uh, relatively... It's it's not an uncommon thing for red cards to do, just extra damage, of course, but uh, it really adds up. Like, it really adds up quickly, even when you have 40 life. Yeah. Next up, we have Macon Treasure. We have Brass's Bounty, Curse of Opulence, Dockside Extortionist, Pirate's Pillage, and Shiny Impetus. Nice to see the uh, impetus cycle getting uh, some love in this. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we're all very familiar with that um, with this cycle, like putting it on. Um, put, <laughs> I, I in the in the league, they, I think there's been a few times where people have uh, put it on. You know, uh, there's an impetus on one creature, so it can only attack one player like this is when we're down to three players and so the other player that's getting attacked puts the impetus on the creature that they're getting attacked by that already has one of the impetuses and then it just gives that player uh they can just choose who to attack now so like that that was a very interesting (laughs) thing to find out with these uh with these cards but um it's uh, in case you don't know it's from the ikoria commander set it's two and a red for an aura uh enchants a creature enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and is goaded which is if it attacks or if it attacks each combat, if able and attacks a player other than you, if able. Uh, and whenever enchanted creature attacks, you create a treasure token. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this, this works perfectly with this deck. Throw it on a, throw it on a dwarf, get two treasures, um, you know, just, just get that treasure. Now I, I do have a, a bone to pick with you, Eric. Curse of yes. opulence. Curse of opulence <laughs> makes, makes a gold, gold tokens. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> that is fair. Tisk, tisk. Um, <laughs> it's tisk, still a good tisk. card. It's, it's a good card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the, these, these don't make treasure, obviously, uh, but it's still more mana mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it kind of fits the theme. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And doc- they should have just thought of treasure in the beginning and then everything would have just been treasure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because the gold tokens didn't they start with uh, the original Theros block with the uh, the King Midas uh, ripoff, right? They gave you a gold token, or or the gold tokens predate that that black card. It's King something, but uh, I can't remember exactly what he does. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. uh, also I don't know if uh, they do predate that or not. Yeah, well, I'm not anyway. sure, but 
but they're basically better treasures just uh, <laughs> they only have to be sacrificed at a man of any color instead of having to be tapped and then sacrificed mm-hmm. yeah uh dockside extortionist uh just an amazing card i can't believe the pr- the current price on this card like if you have a sealed uh what is that uh it's the jeskai commander from 2019 yeah it's the one that eric got yeah, it's one that yeah it is got. the one I got. Uh, I didn't use that commander, so I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Savine. That's right, because that, that yes. the signature Savine's Reclamation is a, mm-hmm. is a solid card. Uh, but yeah, just Dockside Extortionist getting you getting you all those treasures. Uh, it's a great casual card. It's a great competitive card. It's just a, it's a great card. And uh, Watsy, please reprint it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's around <laughs> yeah. 45 US right now. Yeah, it's huge. Next up, we have uh, Artifacts is this category. We have Cage Sun, Coat of Arms, Dragon's Horde, Eldrazi Monument, Endless Atlas, Extraplanar Lens, Inspiring Statuary, Paradise Mantle, Perpetual Timepiece, Ruby Medallion, Soul Ring, Springleaf Drum, The Immortal Sun, and Treasure Map, which is a flip card. On the flip side, you have Treasure Cove. Treasure Cove. You can always put that one under making treasure. Making treasure. (laughs) It does say it does say treasure in the title, so I think that might be an honorable mention, Riley. But don't. Why are you? You're getting ahead of us. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does make treasure eventually. It it does. Yes. It does. It does. Um, So this definitely does. I wanted to keep uh, all the artifacts together, but uh, that Mm -hmm. is definitely a better treasure maker than Curse of Opulence. (laughs) Yeah, this this is a this is a real mixed bag. Like you do have some, uh, you know, this this is where a lot of the the ramp cards are. Uh, Extra planar lens. uh, I know what that means. Um, Eldrazi monument just to to get that buff and indestructible. Very nice. but uh, Dragon's Horde is an interesting card. It's three mana uh, for an artifact. Whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, put a gold counter on Dragon's Horde. Then you can tap to remove a gold counter from Dragon's Horde to draw a card. And you can also tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. I did not know this card uh, existed, but it's, it's an interesting way to draw cards. I was definitely playing this card in standard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good card. Uh, just from playing in standard, it definitely did a lot of work. Um, and what's really cool is it doesn't. Uh, it just is a dragon. So even if it's a dragon token you're getting, so if you have the Udvara Hellkite making tokens or, or the um, Lathless making tokens, like we get more counters off that. And being able to draw cards, that's uh, good for reds. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I really like the inclusion of uh, Paradise Mantle and Springleaf Drum. I think those mm-hmm. are heck yeah. Very, very cool pieces of ramp and utility for tapping down your dwarves, especially if you don't want to spend the mana to activate their abilities. Um, but like Paradise Mantle in particular, being a, a zero mana artifact equipment that has equip one and it can tap, uh, it gives the equip creature the ability to tap and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, you could chain it together almost like a, assuming your dwarves don't have summoning sickness, you could, you know, tap down oh, yeah. your dwarf move it tap down that dwarf move it and make a bunch of treasure that way so nice little uh extra utility there Mm -hmm. yeah 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 
uh, Ruby Medallion, always a good, well, not always a good include in monocolored decks, but uh, in the right decks like this one, for example, uh, it can really do a lot of work. The Medallion cycle in general is uh, is fantastic. And another cycle that, that needs a reprint. Um, unless they... No, you know what? This one was reprinted in the uh, one of the Commander anthologies because the Duretti deck was reprinted. That's what that's the uh, set symbol I'm seeing there. Um, oh yeah, Eric, I wanted to ask with um, you have Perpetual Timepiece in here. It's uh, it's two mana for an artifact. Uh, tap to mill two cards, and you can pay two to exile it and shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library. Uh, I just wanted to wanted to ask what wh why did you include this in the deck? Uh, basically, when our dragons go to the graveyard, we have no way of really getting them back. Mm -hmm. um, and then because we can tutor with Magda, putting them into the library and then tutoring for them again is something that you could feasibly do. So that was my uh, thought behind yeah. getting the timepiece in there. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because you really don't want to put the dragons back in your hand. Um, yeah, putting them back in the in the deck is is not bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's no, interesting. Yeah, and then uh, we had we threw a couple of strong things in here as well since we have the tutor. So like the Immortal Sun gets us more card draws, uh, and then our creatures get buffed as well. And it hates on Planeswalkers if players are playing Planeswalkers. Um, but also because again, Magda's ability tutors at instant speed. Eldrazi Monuments also like a uh, form protection as well. So if we do have those treasures up and so many board wipes, we can go grab the Eldrazi Monument and be safe from it. Mm -hmm. I also super interesting is Inspiring Statuary. It's um it's three mana for an artifact. Non-artifact spells you cast have improvised, so your artifacts can help cast those spells. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one, so you can tap down your treasures to pay for non-artifact spells. That is. Yeah, that is a very good <laughs> tech card. That is very, yeah. very good. Yeah, oh, it's, man, it's, that's, so good. that's great. Especially, especially cool that you could use your treasures and then sacrifice those tap treasures with Magda to go get a dragon. So you know, cast yeah. a big dragon, then go get a a big dragon. Could be a fun turn. Oof, man, that yeah, that is heck yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I also, I always like to see Endless Atlas in a deck. Uh, didn't know it was reprinted in Double Masters, but Endless Atlas is two mana for an artifact. You can pay two to tap it to draw a card. Activate this ability only if you control three or more lands with the same name. So in mono white or mono red decks, uh, if you're if you're not running this in your deck, I would give it a, I would give it a second look because two mana to draw a card is pretty good in those colors. Yeah, because obviously those colors do have problems with uh, inherent card draw, so... Nice piece of tech. Yeah, especially white. Yeah. Especially white. Um, and the Immortal Sun, too. Is this just like a hate card? Uh, it, it's overall value, yeah. as I was saying. Because like you get an additional draw. Uh, your creatures get pumped. Uh, so if you have a bunch of small doors out there, that helps as well. And then it makes our spells cost one less. So mm -hmm. that's always nice. Yeah. Um, then, yeah. Like, if somebody's running Planeswalkers, sure. But, uh, uh, yeah. It's just an overall good card. It is, yeah, for it commander. Is. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's getting up there in price as well. So that definitely speaks to its uh, in-game value. Yeah. The next category we have is vehicles. We have cultivators, caravan, mobile garrison, and smugglers copter. Uh, I actually didn't think initially of vehicles when 
uh, I saw that you were building around this commander, but it's perfect. It's a perfect way to tap down your dwarfs so you don't, um, you know, w without the risk of combat. Exactly, yeah. It, it is another way, because, like, we do have the seven dwarves. They're a good dwarf, but they don't have a way of tapping themselves. So mm -hmm. um, alongside our Paradise Mantle and the uh, Springleaf Drum, we have another way of tapping them down to be able to just get those treasure tokens. Um, and then, like, these all have some sort of piece of tech with them. Obviously, Smuggler Copter being the best. Uh, it's a two-mana 3-3 three, three flyer. And when it attacks or blocks, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. And it only crews for one. Yeah, and it's, you know, the nice thing about crew is you can crew them and you don't have to attack with them if you don't have favor favorable attacks and just get your treasure. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and you, you could crew more than necessary, right? So if you have, like, nine power of dwarves on the battlefield, you could stick them all into that little vehicle. <laughs> yeah two to a seat <laughs> next up we have some spells we have blasphemous act comet storm jessica's will mana geyser and mizium mortars i'm having a real mana geyser looking at this deck list you know what i'm saying uh, <laughs> 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 uh i love mana geyser i think it's a super underrated card um in a game of Commander, you'll often net like 8 to 15 mana off this card, assuming you're in like a, a four-player pod. Um, and obviously, the later you wait to cast it or uh, the later that you draw it, the more mana you can net off of it. Um, and uh, I always, it always makes me think of, uh, I believe it was the first iteration of our Commander League where I would cast Mana Geyser and then like copy it like two or three times to get even yeah. more red mana. And then like leave a couple of black open use all that mana for like an exsanguinator <laughs> torment of hailfire Whew, yep that was spicy i rem remember those turns yep. <laughs> um, how could but, i forget yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> but yes even even without copying it it's still just uh it's just it's just a fantastic card it's a fantastic way to accelerate your mana um especially in commander when you have multiple opponents with multiple tap lands uh yeah i just just I have a lot of love for this card. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, I like I like Jessica's Will being a newer card. Um, so it's two of anything and a red. Uh, choose one. If you control a commander as you cast a spell, you may choose both. And then so you add a red to your uh, mana pool for each card in target opponent's hand. And then exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn. So if we're getting a little low on cards, we have a way of you know casting some more. Uh, and then the extra red mana there can help out because you'll have an opponent that has like five uh, to seven cards probably. There should be one person that's not all aggro and they're wow seven cards in their hands. Seven cards. Wow, I think you're getting a little greedy. <laughs> but, uh, I think maybe, I think seven's greedy. But maybe yeah. I don't know. I, I've I've seen I've seen Trevor pass with like twenty cards in his hand before. So yeah, know, it happens. Yeah, he wants to. He's re he wants to. He's really reactive. You know. <laughs> like, well, he's like wait for it wait for it <laughs> uh, and then of course uh, we have the good old comet storm for another way to kind of like close out the game if we're able to make a lot of mana somehow uh, comet storm just wipes your opponents yeah clears the way for both ground and aerial combat or or just clears yeah. their face off like you can always mm -hmm. target them yeah, yeah. too yeah <laughs> target, target the face uh the um 
Actually, before we move on to the next category, uh, I want to read Mizium Mortars. It's uh, one and a red for a sorcery. It deals four damage to target creature you don't control, and you can overload it for three red, red, red. Um, so you may cast the spell for its overload cost if you do change its text by replacing all instances of target with each, so deal four damage to each creature you don't control. Um, this is a card I don't see too often, and uh, it, this is a card that I run in my red decks, uh, because like four damage is, uh, is a lot of damage and can most of the time clear most of the creatures off the board, uh, especially if you overload it and you're just clearing your opponent's board but this is this is a really great um quasi quasi board wipe and, and i think this should much like mana geyser should see more play yeah i definitely like it since it doesn't hit your own creatures i think that makes it so good yeah especially yeah, so. with all your your one ones <laughs> yeah all of our dwarves would just get <laughs> yes we don't want to lose bomb squad yeah no. <laughs> it's got to stay around for at least four turns <laughs> hey, you you can you can kill a creature in two turns because you get a fuse counter at the upkeep as well. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, man. So two turns you kill something. We have to get like some kind of, yeah. We have to get some kind of special <laughs> like glass ball or little little trinket for the fuse counters. Maybe just a little yeah. fuse. I've uh, I might have some fuses laying around. Tiny um, little bombs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The next category we have here is, uh, I think this is my favorite named category. It's it's Goblin Welder, <laughs> and uh, in this in this category, it's Goblin Welder. So um, Goblin Welder is it's one red for a one one Goblin Artificer. You can tap it to choose target artifact a player controls and target artifact in that player's graveyard. If both if both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the battlefield. So I hope <laughs> that wasn't too confusing for anybody. Uh, yeah, the uh, I couldn't think of somehow to put this guy in another category. <laughs> oh no, I no, I really do. <laughs> it's and, like, and like, I was like, I'm just doing this. It's gonna be funny. <laughs> and and like, this happens to me pretty often where i'm building a deck on deck stats and i i have like a couple of cards or like one card that doesn't really fit into any category so i just kind of like jam it into one and hope that nobody yeah. comments and uh i'm just gonna start doing this like i'm you know if i have like <laughs> uh if you know like i you know one of my decks i just have like blood moon and i'm just gonna like it's getting its own category now just that's, that's it. it that's it i'm doing it i'm stealing this but uh, yeah, Goblin World is great because if there's any of our artifacts that have gone to the graveyard, you can just get rid of one of our treasure tokens that we'll probably have mm -hmm. and get one of our actual usable artifacts back from the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. You got lots of fodder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tons. Mm -hmm. Next category is Enchant the Board. We have Aggravated Assault, Blood Moon, Fiery Emancipation, Kirin Negotiations, and Valakut Exploration. A lot of powerful cards here. Uh, I thought you didn't actually, want to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a little. This is a little. Little mean. Um, play, play basics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I'm. I'm. I'm in the. Uh, I've. I've been reading the uh, Mercadian Mask book, the the novel, and uh, the, the this. Um, 
you know, it takes place in Mercadia and the, and Kieran negotiations is from Mercadian mask. And I actually didn't know what a Kieran was. I, I, I had to look it up and it's, uh, they're just goblins is just what they call goblins there. But, um, I looked up, oh. I looked up this card. Uh, it's 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 two red red for uh, an enchantment. Tap an untapped creature you control. Cure negotiations deals one damage to target player or planeswalker. So uh, in a similar vein to the um, what was it? The dwarven blood boiler. Just th- just that that tap an untapped creature you control effect. Uh, super powerful in this deck. But you know in a lot of decks like if you're producing tokens, you can just kill somebody with this. Um, if, if you can just keep producing token after token, like I wish I knew about this when I was, uh, when I was, uh, still piloting my Krenko deck. Cause this would have just done so much work. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. You use this to tap them and then you use, um, what is it? Goblin bombardment to sacrifice them to deal one damage. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. nuts. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Pairs well with Torbrand too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Starts turning them into searing blazes. <laughs> oh, God. And then we also have, since Torbrand was in the deck, I was like, well, let's double up on that. And so we have Fiery Emancipation, which is three of anything and three red. <laughs> yeah. The source you control would deal damage to a permanent player. It deals triple that damage to that permanent player instead. Yeah. Just, and and yeah. note, like, I mean, if you control both, like, Torbrand and Fiery Emancipation, you get to choose which order uh, those... Da- damage effects happen so like you can make it so that torbrand's effect will happen and then it gets tripled so you could deal nine damage for each creature that you're tapping so that's going to end games pretty quickly it's not too bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes riley i did put blood moon in the deck um and it's really funny so like i remember when i first started playing magic and i saw this card and i was like that card is dumb and unfair and then as I've played more magic, uh, I have grown an affinity for Blood Moon and I actually really <laughs> enjoy this card. <laughs> yeah, well I th- and, uh, I think a lot like um <clears throat> Graveyard Hate, I think more people should run Blood Moon because it's uh it, it, it is. It's a great card and you should we should all run more basics. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if if you're a five color deck, it's it just sucks to see a Blood Moon because you're like, well, I can't really run basics. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, I hope I have the the one of the mana slivers on the battlefield because I am fucked otherwise. <laughs> <clears throat> the next category we have here is MDFC. We have Casual's Fury, uh, and the flip side is Casual's Cliffs, and then we have Valakut Awakening, with the flip side being Valakut Stoneforge. All right, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say say somebody's doing a board wipe. Uh, we can tutor for the World Gorger Dragon, which will come out, and then our board, you know, is kind of... Actually, that's the other reason I had the World Gorger Dragon in there, because if somebody's going to uh, do a board wipe, if you tutor for the dragon, it takes away everything. Board wipe goes off. You get everything back. Yeah, that is nice. Which is sweet. Yeah. But again, if we just have the World Gorger Dragon out, we have Kazul's Fury, which, as an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. Kazul's Fury deals damage equal to the sack creature's power to any target. And then so we can use our World Gorger Dragon kind of whenever we want, and we're able to still have a sack outlet for it as well. But uh, 
Yeah, I forgot that uh, I was mainly the World Guard of Dragon is mainly in the deck for protection. And uh, I forgot that you don't need the fury for a second there to actually do the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah, like being able to tutor out a World Gorger Dragon at instant speed to protect your board, like that—that's pretty cool. Hopefully, they don't have a containment priest. But yeah, that's cool. <laughs> then it's just a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in general for this deck, it's uh it's a rough day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, like Kazul's Fury, if we have the Hellkite Igniter on the battlefield, uh, you pay one and a red, and the Igniter gets plus X plus O until the end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control. So if we have, you know, like 15 treasures, we now have a 2020, you swing with it, and then use Kazul's Fury to dome somebody as well. Like, that's 40 <laughs> damage. <laughs> that's, <laughs> That'll do that's it. a lot. That'll do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Valakut Awakening, I think, is a really cool card as well, because uh, we tutor for the dragons to get them onto the battlefield. Uh, we want to try not to cast them. So uh, the Valakut Awakening is two of anything in a red to put any number of, at instant speed, any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then you draw that many cards plus one. So in turn of like cycling through our hand as well, uh, we may be able to put dragons in there that we want to just be able to tutor for, and then we're drawing like a whole new hand as well. So, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Nice little piece of tech. And I mean, at its worst, like you can just cycle it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're still drawing <laughs> one for the cycling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and even, you know, both of these, they're MDFCs, so... If you're uh, if you're hurting for for lands, you can just play them that way too. Play the land side. Next up, we have a utility lands. We have Blast Zone, Buried Ruin, Dwarven Mine, Forgotten Cave, Inventor's Fair, Scavenger Grounds, and Valakut the Molten Pinnacle. Um, I'll just spoil it now. The next section is uh, Snowy Lands. It's uh, 29 snow-covered mountains. So. Uh, I love the inclusion of, of Valakut. Valakut is a, a land, of course. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped, and whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control, if you control at least five other mountains, you may have Valakut the Molten Pinnacle deal three damage to any target, and it taps for a red mana. Um, so in a lot of decks, like, you know, I uh, I run this in, in mono-red decks, just, just that incidental value, you can start bolting creatures you can you can bolt planeswalkers you can bolt people's faces like it it seems um it doesn't seem that good or at least i didn't think it was that good when i first um played it i thought it you know it needed to i thought i needed to be pouring lands onto the battlefield but this card does a lot of work in mono red decks it's just a great card that you just get incidental value from so i i really like to see it in here yeah, like I, I really think if you have a mono red deck and you're not running Valakut, maybe look at the deck. If you have a lot of mountains you're running, uh, having your playing a land turn into a lightning bolt as well is a pretty good ability. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin, I got the scavenger grounds yep. in here. So, nice. Good, yeah. good boy. <laughs> Eating your vegetables. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have kind of a jank uh, land in here. But it's the it's the dwarven mine. Yeah. <laughs> so it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three or more other mountains. So you need three other mountains. Uh, but if you do get those three mountains, when dwarven mine enters the battlefield untapped, you get a one run red dwarf token. Got another dwarf. It's, yeah, that's perfect. This should be in this should be in the dwarf section. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like the fourth best dwarf. <laughs> it's a land. 
because uh, <laughs> it's also a land. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy how this is somehow part of the same cycle as Mystic Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, that just got banned it, in modern. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh well. Uh, but yeah. Also, since we do have a lot of artifacts, uh, Inventors Fair uh, lets us tutor for an artifact. So having a land that you can sacrifice to tutor for an artifact is a pretty good ability. Yeah, and gain a little bit of life with that. Uh, you know, metalcraft ability. Got upkeep. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just uh, a, uh, it seems like a really solid deck overall. We have a three point seven CMC average. Uh, it's not. Where's the price here? I thought they gave you the price. Where's the price? Uh, there's about four standing five. I mean, that's not. I mean, that's not unreasonable. I don't want to sound like Mister Moneybags over here, but um, you know, that's. I've I've certainly spent more on decks. And, yeah, I think uh, I think most of the cost comes from like some of the dragons and yeah. uh, some of some of the bigger artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, yeah like you, you can. You, you, like the deck doesn't hinge on you having like a mortal sign or something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you could exactly. definitely build it budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like with more, with more, <laughs> like sort of digging deep on the in the dwarf section. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You probably don't want to do that. Um, what do we have here? So we're gonna move on to the uh, what I like to call honorable mentions. The segment in these episodes where Riley and I. Uh, you know, in a nice way, just make some suggestions about potential cards that that could be included. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Eric, this seems like a super fun deck. I really like it. You always build. You always build like fun decks. You are really when it comes to like deck building, Eric. You are the nice one, and um, among the three of us, you're definitely the nice one. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> i just finished talking to There's... him about blood moon <laughs> oh blood moon's not even that bad it, i mean sometimes uh, blood moon is like it's... a do nothing enchantment you know like, sometimes uh, but yeah. blood moon can still be very black back yeah. so it's it's fair yeah, that is yeah, fair enough um but it's not like uh i don't know i guess because i guess blood moon could be like there like it could put you in a situation where you can't play the game and that's not fun uh mm-hmm. whereas like you know if i'm putting a bunch of combos into a deck and the game just ends you know that's not fun for you know a certain swath of the of the magic playing population so you know at the end of the day it's just like what you find fun but um yeah, yeah. i don't know i mean i don't think blood moon's that bad but you know i guess i guess i don't like i don't really care for stacks or chaos and you know, Blood Moon kind of falls into that stacks category, but yeah, I think it's kind of a stacksy card. It, it is. It yeah. is kind of, but like I feel you can still tap the lands. Like I feel like Back to Basics is a little bit worse because your non-basic lands just don't untap. At least with Blood Moons, they're mountains. You know, you could still tap them for for mana. Yeah, because then it's like if you still have some basics out there, then you can use your non-basics now as just like they're the colorless lands. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. So it's not. I, I do agree that I think back to basics is a definitely more of a uh, hate card. Yeah, like more of an un- worse. yeah more of an unfun card to uh, to play against. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, we're gonna get to the honorable mentions. Uh, I'll kick things off. Um, I don't really have this in like the category order, so just uh, bear with me here. Um, in the utility lands category, I think that War Room would be a good include 
for card draw. War Room is a land, of course. It taps for colorless, and you can pay three mana to tap it. Pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity to draw a card. Um, so this, oh, yeah. yeah, this is from uh, this is from Commander Legends. Uh, mm -hmm. I've I I haven't had a chance to actually play with this card, but I have slotted it into a few of my monocolored commander decks and Kozilek, where you just don't pay any life. So so that's nice. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's just really not much of an opportunity cost, uh, especially when you have forty life. Paying one life and three mana isn't that much to draw a card in this format. You know, you're obviously making a lot of extra mana with this deck in terms of treasure. Not that you want to use the that treasure to make mana but you know sometimes you you may be in that position so yeah i just think this is a great utility land for monocolor decks especially red and especially white especially especially white like put an extra one on there <laughs> nice how do we want to do this do you, do you want me to go next yeah we'll just take turns yeah all righty well we'll take turns <laughs> i did follow your categories here eric so oh. under dragons here, Ooh. I got Gadrak, the Crown Scourge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you had him on your chopping block or not, but I just figured like, yeah, being being that we care about treasures, he might actually <laughs> be a reasonable threat. Uh, but Gadrak is two in a red for a legendary dragon. He's a 5-4 with flying. And it says Gadrak, the Crown Scourge, can't attack unless you control four or more artifacts. And at the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. So I count everybody's non-token creatures. Uh, just a fun little way of turning chump blockers into treasure. Yeah, he's, man, that is an ugly dragon. <laughs> My goodness. And you know, like, I think with this deck, most of the time you should be able to be able to swing with him. And, yeah, uh, this is actually not too bad. Like, if it's in your hand to cast it, you know, it's only three mana. So yeah, and he's a blocker, right? At, at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have a couple more utility lands, and I sort of put these together. I uh, I thought would work well are Mutavault and the new Call Time land, Faceless Haven. So, um. Let me just read Mutavault. Mutavault uh, taps for a colorless, and you can pay one and have it become a 2-2 creature with all creature types until end of turn. It's still a land. And Faceless Haven is similar but worse. It's uh, it's snow land, which doesn't matter in this deck. It taps for colorless. You can pay three snow mana. Faceless Haven becomes a 4-3 creature with vigilance and all creature types until end of turn. It's still a land. So just as a way to uh get more dwarfs into this deck you know they both they both become dwarfs in addition to all other creature types um so if you can if you have the you know the the uh, for the aforementioned cards where you can just tap and untap creature these are going to be great uh you have to pay for them which kind of sucks like mutavault is definitely if i had to pick between the two of them i would definitely pick uh mutavault but um you know, I don't know. I'm. It's just the deck seems to be very well put together, and I'm not sure you're gonna have too many situations where you're like, I just need that one more treasure to power out a dragon. But I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how it's gonna play. I, but I. Uh, I actually, I actually like the mutavolt because yeah. I mean, like one mm -hmm. paying one isn't so bad, and then we're able to get more treasures to get those dragons out. Mm -hmm. So having a land as a creature is is good. Yeah, and like you, I mean, you have so many basic lands in this deck, like 
you you could you can you can afford to uh, sacrifice a, a few more uh, slots for utility lands. Like twenty nine basic lands is a very healthy number. So you you do have you definitely do have a few slots. Mm -hmm. Next up on my list, still under dragons here. I felt this one uh, was also fitting for for the snow theme. It's a rhyme scale dragon. So Rhymescale Dragon is 5 red red for a snow dragon. It's a 5-5 five five with flying. It has an activated ability of 2 and snow to tap target creature and put an ice counter on it. And a passive ability that says creatures with ice counters on them don't untap during their controller's untap steps. So I, I thought it was just like a probably a fun way of just being able to, you know, knock down your opponent's defenses if you needed to. Um... So just kind of like a utility dragon. Oh. That's a that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, not not a powerhouse by Gosh. any means, but I I, I think no. it would, it would, might be an interesting include. Yeah, I definitely missed that one. So uh, I have an oldie but a goodie here. It's uh, it's chaos warp. So uh, <laughs> yeah. um, in the for the some spells category, um, you know, mono red has trouble with certain permanents, specifically enchantments, and the warp just solves all, all all those problems you know it's kind of a it is kind of a boring card to suggest but um i didn't have it in there it's a it's a good card for red yeah it is it's just a solid it's a solid card and they keep reprinting it so it's it's never it's never that expensive it's always it always kind of sits around the same price as uh as a soul ring final dragon on my list is skyline despot uh, so Skyline Despot is five red red. I, think I had. Do you have it in your list? Oh yeah. No, I I had it. Oh, I see. And then you cut it. Yeah. Yeah. So five red red for a five five uh, dragon with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you are the monarch, you put a five five red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So a nice red little dragon. a nice little trick uh, with this one is you could tutor it out with magda on the end step before your turn uh so that you immediately become the monarch and then untap with an, an additional five five red dragon um and then have the monarchy at the end of your turn as well so you get that extra draw yeah and i really wanted this in the deck because i know we all like the monarch around here so oh yeah like, oh love it yeah love and it. i yeah. mean you, you've got dragons so i'm sure you can find a way to keep the monarch or take it back <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just too bad that it's like an uh it's an upkeep trigger like the you know the suggestion that you outlined riley is um it's apt but uh if it was like an end step trigger i feel like that would work a little bit better with the monarch also being uh an end step trigger <laughs> yeah it'd be a little um, op <laughs> what are you gonna do i think that's why yeah, yeah. there's a reason <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i guess it'd be it'd be good it'd be could be better certainly um <laughs> yeah, but, seven uh, seven mana for two five fives draw card. Like that sounds pretty <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> it is very good it, it, is, it is very good. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, it's it's probably not. It's definitely not going to be difficult to get the monarch back. Um, yeah, keeping it is a is a different story. That's why monarch is so much fun in one v one because the game just just becomes about getting the monarch. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh i have actually i didn't i actually didn't put any dragons on my list so um riley it's a good thing you have so many juicy ones 
Uh, for the dwarf category, I have Mine Layer. It's three and a red for a dwarf, 1-1. One, one. It has an activated ability for one and a red to tap to put a mine counter on target land. When a land with a mine counter on it becomes tapped, destroy it. When Mine Layer leaves play, remove all mine counters from all lands. I don't think they need to do that last bit, but um, anyways, <laughs> that's what the card says. So... <clears throat> You know, he's already, he, he has an activated ability. We like that. He's he's tapping. Um, we like that to get the treasure. And it also, not you know, it doesn't necessarily get rid of opponent's lands, but it makes them think twice about tapping them, which, uh, which I like. Uh, it is kind of a steep cost, but I think it's sort of in the same, in terms of like power level, I think this is in the same realm as... What was that other card? The um, there's dwarven blast miner and then dwarven miner as well. Yes, yeah, um, definitely. And 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 I mean these cards are great because you just get to blow up whatever you want. Um, oh, I guess you said bomb squad because of the uh, CMC of the card. Yeah, the CMC and the um, you know it's it's same power toughness and it's kind of a slower card because you know your opponents could just never tap the lands and um, you know get rid of this somehow it, it is just a one one uh you know there are multiple ways to buff this in the deck but um yeah i just thought this was like a, a fun a fun little dwarf wow i'm surprised at the price 459 usd huh See, these dwarf cards are just old <laughs> <laughs> they are yes they are they are very old um actually you know, uh, before oh go ahead riley i was gonna say and i bet call time it, it increased their popularity for commander right like that's usually how these things happen you get a weird yeah. niche tribe and then next thing you know like these weird cards start spiking <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah and uh actually a card i i did want to mention when we were going through the uh the list that i i forgot to is is dwarven recruiter it's two in red for a two two dwarf when it enters the battlefield search your library for any number of dwarf cards reveal those cards shuffle your library then put them on top of it in any order. Like this is a fantastic card. Um, <laughs> you just get to you you just get to you know choose your your next few draws. This is like on the same level as as Goblin Recruiter. Yeah, uh, like except just, you just, just, just you're drawing dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, just a fantastic uh, uncommon from Odyssey. Like this mine layer is also from Odyssey. Odyssey must have been a. A dwarf heavy set. Well, that that uh, town of the dwarves. Yeah, I mean Odyssey onslaught. Those were that. I think that whole block was um, tribal themed. But uh, anyways, uh, Riley, what is your next card, my dear? Well, I've got a dwarf as well. I've got Axe Guard Cavalry. So this is a new one. It's a common one in a red for a two-two dwarf berserker. It has an activated ability of tap. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. So I figured this might be a, like a, a nice little role player, especially since like the other dwarves are, are pretty much on par with this kind of activated ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but just having yeah. that little bit of utility to either get one of your dragons out and swinging quicker or get one of your other dwarves out onto the battlefield with haste so they can activate their ability right away. Um, I just thought it would be like a nice little role player that's got comparable stats to some of the four mana dwarves. Yeah, and if you want to make a little <laughs> deal with someone to give their creature haste, that can there also be a yeah. that can also be a, a powerful political move. Yep. 
But it's kind of nice having that card because then, uh, you know, you could tutor for a dragon and give it haste right away. Exactly. So you can kind of do things a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I feel like dragons should always have haste. Kind of the same way I feel like. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, great. I'm glad we finally we agree on something. <laughs> we solved it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I also kind of, oh boy. I feel like spirits should also all have flying, but uh, anyways, I know yes, I'm not the only one that feels is, that way, but yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things. Just one of those days, you know, that's, that's for Ainsley. <laughs> she's, she's going to get a kick out of that. <laughs> one of those days. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, the, I, I have another dwarf. This is the last, uh, I keep thinking of Steven Dwarf. What's he doing now? Uh, the the last dwarf that I have in my dwarf category is Fearless Liberator. It is also from Call Time. It's an uncommon. It's one and a red for a 2-1 dwarf berserker. It has boast for two and a red. Create a 2-1 red dwarf berserker creature token. And boast is activate this ability only if this creature attacked this turn and only once each turn. So much like the uh you know what i was saying about uh mutavault just creating more dwarfs and uh this this does that so you know yes you have to attack which could be kind of risky you've got dwarfs it's a game of commander i think i'm just thinking cuz they're little they're more vulnerable <laughs> but you know there's so many little creatures on the battlefield that that can often get through for for damage but um yeah, I think this is just this is just a great token generator for dwarfs and it's and it's doing what what your deck wants to do. Making more dwarves, more dwarves atop for treasure. Dwarves. There you go. <sighs> All right, I've got one and I I put it under my dwarf category, but it could also go under my dragon category because it's a shapeshifter. Oh, boy. It's Torian oh. Mauler. So this is an old one. Oh. But tuna red oh, yeah. gets you a shapeshifter. It's a 2/2. Two, two. It's got changeling, so it's every creature type. Uh, so notably you could search it out with magda if you really wanted to i don't know really why you would want to but (laughs) it has uh, an ability that says whenever an opponent casts a spell you may put a plus one plus one counter on torian mauler so i I just i thought like as far as dwarves go this is probably one of the strongest dwarves because yeah it's it's also a dragon and it it can get big (laughs) so it, it can it can still be a relevant threat in the late game yeah, and like I, you know, in my um <clears throat> in my Sphinx deck, uh, you know, there's a lot more support for you know, like clones, so I can I can I can play clones and get that ETB effect, that sort of pseudo factor fiction effect. But uh, you know, Universal Automaton from Modern Horizons, which is one mana for an artifact creature shapeshifter with changeling and it's um I think that's it. I think it's just a vanilla creature. But I run that in that deck just to have the one mana. If Unesh is on the battlefield, I get the the factor fiction effect. Um, and I don't know if a card like that would be good in this deck. But yeah, like the the you know red cards or colorless cards with changeling are definitely something I I I'm gonna I'm gonna take another look at because. Uh, yeah, there's it's not a deep bench when it comes when it comes to creature dwarfs, it would seem. <laughs> yeah, I know, and then definitely like late game like Rally was saying, like this can just be a house. So Yeah. So th- the next card I have here is you know, this would go into the artifact section, but it's it's more for card draw. Uh I don't know if the deck is terribly in in need of card draw because I think 
you know, I think Magda in her way is, well, she's both ramp and card draw, which is, you know, my favorite kinds of commander. Like she, she does need, obviously she obviously needs support. She needs dwarfs, but you know, the dwarfs create treasure and the treasure creates card advantage on the board in the, in the form of, of dragons. But, um, I was thinking like, a card that I like to throw into red and white decks, not every red and white deck, but um, a lot of them is Sandstone Oracle. It's a Sphinx. Uh, strangely enough, I don't run it in my Sphinx deck, but it's seven mana for a four, four <laughs> flyer. Uh, it's an artifact creature. When it enters the battlefield, choose an opponent. If that player has more cards in hand than you draw cards equal to the difference. So, you know, I think I, I think you'd have to play test this and and figure out if a card like this would be up your alley. It is seven mana, which is quite steep. Um, but uh, I don't know. This is this is a card that I I always kind of put in my card draw list when I'm when I'm building a deck that uh, that falls into these colors. So it's maybe it's more of a pet card for me than than a, a strictly good card. Yeah, I bet you there will be chances where your opponent you know has like four or five more cards than you. So kind of like it's good i like it yeah it's pro it'll probably be like a jessica's will scenario where they're gonna like everybody's gonna have like seven to like 20 cards and you're gonna be like <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> trevor i'm targeting you <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the making treasures category Treasure. i got a new one here um this impulsive pilfer so red gets you a goblin pirate. It's a 1-1. One, one. It has a, an ability that says when impulsive pilfer dies, create a treasure token. And it has encore for three and a red. So encore. Oh. Encore, you uh, pay three and a red. Exile this card from your graveyard. For each opponent, create a token copy that it's, um, of this creature that attacks that opponent uh, this turn if able. They gain haste, sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step, and activate only as a sorcery. And too bad this wasn't a goblin pirate dwarf, hey? Exactly. I know that's the only Man, so the only value. beef I have with it. <laughs> 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 but it, you know, it's a you know, early early chump chump blocker, and then late, you know, it's gonna generate you a few treasures here and there. So it yeah, it might be a, a decent role player. That's cool. Yeah, this is a. Very cool card. Um, next up, the card I have, I think, would go into the some spells category. It's uh, in the same vein as uh, Blood Moon, and Riley's gonna think it's mean. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 ruination. It's three and a red for a sorcery. Destroy all non-basic lands. Uh, this is a card that I've run in a lot of mono red decks, and it can be backbreaking, uh, whether it's early game or late game, but especially early game. People are playing fetch lands, they're playing dual lands to fix their mana, and you're just playing a bunch of mountains. And this can just, uh, you know, this wasn't the card that won me the game, but this was the card that that accelerated me to the point where I could win the game because I was so far ahead on mana. So. Um, yeah, this is this is another just uh, like punishing greedy mana basis cards, and uh, definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> You're mean. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I, that one's I, a little I, meaner I, than Blood Moon. I am mean. I, it is meaner. And I'm, uh, no, I never. I think I'm definitely the mean one in this trio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another one in the making treasures category, and this is one that I'm a little bit more skeptical of. But it it's it you know it's got two things in its favor. It's Vault Robber. Um. Has this one been mentioned? Did you mention this one, Kevin? No, no. Okay. No, not yet. Uh, one in a red. Is this the one that like gets a creature out of your graveyard? Yeah. So one in a red. It's a dwarf rogue. It's one three. Uh, you pay one, tap it to exile a creature card from your graveyard and create a treasure token. So it it does pair fairly well with Magda in that it's basically getting two treasure tokens out of it, but you do have to fuel it with creature cards from your graveyard. So the setup cost is real. Like I, I don't know how easy it's going to be to continuously activate Vault Robber, especially if we want to be able to, you know, shuffle in some dragons back into your library. Um, but definitely one that is worth, I guess, exploring to see how it plays out. I know in limited it's a little underwhelming, but as far as dwarfs go, it's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could. Um... Yeah, I I definitely did look at this card and 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 consider it, because um, yeah, you don't want to be exiling dragons from your graveyard, but um, you know, I could I could see exiling some some dwarfs in the in the you know mid early turns if mm-hmm. if there's been a, a board wipe or you've had to block or <clears throat> or what have you. So yeah, this uh, getting two treasure tokens off something like that, that's when it's that's when it's really working for you. I think just just using the ability on its own in a vacuum, I I don't really like it. But if Mag is no, on the yeah. battlefield, then then that's that's where it's at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, basically, like I did look at this card, but I think uh, Riley, basically everything you said was yep. like my sentiments on it. Mm-hmm. It's good. To... Yeah. Uh, so much like Chaos Warp here, I have a couple of uh, more like kind of boring includes. Um, I noticed that that Greaves and Boots wasn't in here. Um, I think something to consider since the deck is pretty dependent on Magda to get the engine going. Um you know, I know that that I, I think. Well, I think we all tend to veer away from the the auto include type cards, uh, like like these when we're building decks for the show. You know, we want it to be exciting and fun, but uh, you know, I think it's always important to uh, to eat your vegetables. So I don't think like put them in immediately, but I think if people keep blowing Magda up. Um, then uh, then think about it. But I think like Magda overall is an unassuming commander. You know, like you sit, like I don't think she's gonna get targeted immediately for removal once uh, you know the first few times you sit down to play with this. After people have been hit in the face a few times with with dragons or been you know pinged nine damage with Torbrand and fiery emancipation, then yeah, things are gonna change. <laughs> but uh, but until then, you can probably get away with not uh, not protecting her. On to some spells. Some spells. Dragonstorm. Uh, oh, Dragonstorm yeah. is a eight <laughs> and a eight and a red for a sorcery that says search your library for a dragon permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library, and it has storm. So I feel like this deck has the potential to generate a lot of mana, especially if you have like Goldspan Dragon and Magda going, like doubling up your treasures, making a bunch of treasures, cast a few spells, cast Dragonstorm. It's probably gonna 
wreck somebody. Yeah, or Leyline Tyrant to just save the mana up. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah that's uh, that's very. Can't good. believe I didn't think of Dragon yeah. Swing. <laughs> I didn't think about it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's now it seems obvious. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. That's great. <laughs> uh, for the for the artifact section, I have uh, Hazaret's Monument. Let me just pull it up here. Monument. That's a big. That's a big. That's a ten dollar word right there. So we have it's three mana for a legendary artifact. Red creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. So much like Ruby Medallion, except this only cares about creature spells. Um, but this is just going to reduce the cost of your dwarfs. That's that's where I was thinking about it, and it also gives you the ability to rummage through your deck. Um, you know, I know. We don't really want to be discarding a lot of cards in this deck, um, but uh, you know, just that extra little bit of card draw uh, might be nice. Yeah, for sure. A very nice. A nice. Can you believe it, Eric? I found, I found another card for Goblin Welder. Oh. Oh what? <laughs> oh. It's a uh, Goblin Engineer <laughs> oh, the section. Yeah. The yeah. Se- the... Right. 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 <laughs> Goblin Engineer. Um, so it, I, I really like Goblin Engineer. I, I play it in my Nor in the Wary deck and it's like a fantastic effect to have, especially if I, I agree. Yeah. Especially if I care about artifacts. Um, so one in a red for a one, two Goblin Artificer. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. And it has an activated ability of paying a red, tapping it and sacrificing an artifact to return a target artifact with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So notably, you don't have to get something from your library into your graveyard that has CMC three or less. You could get like one of your huge artifacts if you really wanted to, say if you already had your goblin welder on the battlefield. Um, but for, for some of the artifacts that really make your deck click, like you know getting an extra planner lens or getting an inspiring sanctuary um or you know one of your utility cards like springleaf drum or paradise mantle it might be a a nice little tutor effect yeah yeah definitely so uh my last card here is also going to be in the artifact section uh it is uh, well it's sort of more of a i'm not sure about this card uh, it's it's Maskwood Nexus. It's also it's a new card from Call Time. It's four mana for an artifact. Creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. So that's nice. But it also has an activated ability for three mana. You can tap it, create a two-two blue shapeshifter creature token with Changeling. It is every creature type. So there are a few cards that. Um, Maybe not a few. Maybe there's a couple cards that um, create changeling tokens or turn all your cards into... Well, I get, maybe there's only one card in these colors that creates a changeling token. The uh, That uncommon... It's like an uncommon tree uh, yeah, from, artifact. From Modern Horizons. From, exactly, yeah. Um, and that's a little more expensive and it doesn't have that static ability. So... I think in terms of creating changeling tokens, this card is the most efficient 
uh, for just the the cost to to activate it. Um, and much like other suggestions I've made uh, on this on this topic of creating more more dwarfs. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, also you know, not 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 for nothing. But if this is on the battlefield and you're attacking with dragons, they're also dwarfs, yeah. and <laughs> you're going to be creating more treasures with them. So, I, like, I'm sort of on the fence about this card because it really doesn't do anything. Uh, like, it does create two two tokens on its own. It does do that, but that's that's seven mana. Um, so I'm I'm sort of cards like this. You know, like I used to run Hivestone in my Sliver deck, and I just feel like it didn't do enough uh maybe i didn't have enough uh non-sliver creatures in in that deck I, i'm not exactly sure but i don't know like these cards always give me a pause they seem really cool but uh you know on an empty board they they really don't do a lot so <laughs> i don't know this is this is sort of like an i don't know card it seems like it could be good but maybe it's maybe i'm just thinking like magical christmas land well i mean i think also with this card you could use magda's ability and then tutor for a dwarf instead of a dragon yeah that's 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 true you definitely could <laughs> you yeah. could yeah <laughs> you're like i really need another seven dwarves on the battlefield <laughs> yeah i need that buff i need that buff yeah maybe hey maybe yeah, that's maybe. that's like next level eric <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man yeah but i mean you could oh, use magda to search this out and then from then on out, like all of your creatures are dwarves, and and uh, mm -hmm. it's all playing into Magda's ability. So, yeah, might be an interesting uh, little pocket synergy there. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Anyways, well, that's it. Hey, me too. Wait, wow, look at that. Yeah. yeah nice. See, we we did it. We could do like we could do like a virtual high five. Um, yeah. Okay, well, if don't that's the me. middle, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be. Yeah, don't don't touch me. Uh, wear a mask. Wear a mask on both hands. That's like the people that are wearing gloves. It's like it's the same as not wearing gloves unless you're changing your gloves every time you touch something. I don't get the glove wearers in this whole pandemic. Um, yeah, just just wash your hands. Just wash your yes. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna because I can feel my blood pressure raising, and it just I'm just gonna bring it down because we're we're wrapping things up. Um, yeah. So Eric, fantastic deck. Seems like a lot of fun. I do hope you put it together in paper so that we can uh, we can play against it. Uh, it's so much fun to tutor for creatures and put them directly onto the battlefield. Like it just feels so good. Um, yeah. So uh, we are going to wrap things up here. Uh, as usual, like we said at the top of these um, categories, uh, before we got into all the muck here, you can find the deck list, this deck list that we talked about today, uh, through the, uh, the the highest link in the show notes, the uppermost link. Find that. You can also look at all of Eric's uh, deck lists on deck stats, the, including the ones he didn't do for the show uh you can also find the links in the show notes to riley and my's deck list on on deck stats including the ones we haven't done for the show um and thank you for listening as usual and do let us know uh what you thought of this deck and the cards we suggested uh by commenting wherever you listen to us uh we're going to be back next week to give the call time commander decks a bit of a review and until then uh be safe out there and don't wear gloves. Just wash your hands. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Listen, everybody. Don't pick your nose either. Not, not, yeah. at least not when anybody can see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
wash your hands and then pick your nose. There you go. There you go. There you if go. you're going in there, make sure they're clean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Take it easy, and we will talk to you next week. Dragons. Bye now. Turn one soul ring.